what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus. Another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 14. This one is called Gene Simmons Solo. Tom, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good, Zeus. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I got a little case of the giggles here. <laughs> you know, you know, tickle each other, paint each other up. What are we doing over there? Hey, he's a funny little kid. <laughs> I don't know no. what's going on there. You got the case of the giggles. <laughs> no. All I'm right. Just... So what? Well, well, tell us how you doing, man. What's new? Well, first of all, it's just us, dude. I mean, I hope people are ready to get back to just us. We've had some special guests the last few weeks. Murph doesn't count. Special what? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, how about the feedback we got on the on having uh, Sonny on Sonny oh. Pooney? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a good growing way. up rock podcast and from uh, podcast Rock City. Yeah, that's a good way to start off the episode to give him another huge, huge um, thank you um, for taking the time to be with a couple of rookies like us um, and contributing to what was a great episode. We think in the feedback that we got on the episode was great too. Yeah, I I thought one of my favorite comments was somebody I believe you might know better than I it made the comment of like, how is it that you guys never talked before? Yep. Right. What was it exactly they were saying? Yep. I can pull that up right here. That was a, that was a, that was a really good, um, good Twitter page that, um, that I've been starting to pay a little bit more attention to. It's called save rock and metal. Um, and it, it was really good. He said, uh, he goes, you guys might want to check out bringing Sonny in more often. You guys have wonderful chemistry. Hard to believe that you guys don't really know each other and had never spoken before. I mean, that's like the highest compliment you could probably get for, for yeah. us, as, for us as, as new people. You know, Sonny's been doing this forever. So, um, yeah, no, I thought it was, um, you know, I thought that comment was dead on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, nobody was holding back. It was good give and take. Uh, I took more of the beating from the tag <laughs> team you guys are laying on me, but hey, it you was know, all fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. It was it was a lot of fun, definitely. Well, he's definitely gonna have to come back for sure. Yep. Yeah. No, no, yep. we we we, uh, we look forward to having him back someday, and just from the social media reaction of uh, you know him, you know, actually talking about the episode and stuff, it's been a huge plus. So, Sonny, if you're out there listening, thank you once again. Yeah, yeah, our, our Twitter and especially the Facebook page, I can't even keep up with anymore. It's like, you know what you know, I love? I, about I, that? I think we went we I, within one week. I think we went from like fifty Facebook followers to over five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about that is uh, for you guys out there, Tommy runs most of the social media stuff. Uh, I, I think you don't you don't have Instagram. I run the Instagram. That's why it's not as. Right. Uh, um, you know, that meant not as active as the other two, but Tommy loves Twitter. So he's usually on that a lot more than I am. And he does not like running the Facebook app. And I love it because I'm like, now you got to be more active. And he's like, what the fuck? No, it's not, no, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it, it's not as, it's not as, um, social for lack of a better word, like social media. I think Twitter is a lot more instantaneous, a lot more conversational. Facebook is, you know, you post a picture, you post an article, you may post a video, and you get feedback. I mean, I'm not going to say it, Here's but... Here's the thing. Yeah. 
with Twitter, yeah. you can scroll down and see 20 people's stuff in one page. Exactly. In Facebook, yep. you see uh, Aunt Bertha's 75th birthday party, 50,000 photos, and you're scrolling down 50 pages before yeah. you get to um, – you know, somebody just got their driver's license or somebody's, uh, you know, on their first date, you know, stuff like that. So right, right. It, it's a little bit daunting. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, once again, you know, that's our thank yous out to Sonny. Yeah. But uh, what else is going on in, in, in life, Tommy? Well, the, good timing for this. This was completely unscripted today. So picked my son up from uh track and field practice today on the ride home so he, he's the one that went to the concert with us um yeah. kiss he's a he's a he's a, he's a kiss fan i have not forced anything on him at all he, he he's just from being in the car um seeing you know all the stuff in the house and my t-shirts and everything he he likes all kinds of music so on the ride home i had sirius xm on hair nation and shockingly they played uh all night <laughs> So my my son likes to talk about music with me. So he said, um, he goes, who do you prefer as a like songs vocalist, like Gene or Paul? And I said, ah, I said, I don't know. It depends on what song I said. I like, I like them both. They're different. Mm-hmm. So not knowing anything about the box set, he came out and said, he goes, what would it be like if somebody like Paul sang God of Thunder? Yeah. So I said, so, so I said to him, you're not going to believe this pulled up the demo from the box set because everybody knows Paul originally wrote God of Thunder. It was a fast, upbeat song. Put it on for him. He couldn't, but he's like, this is awesome. He's like, I think I like this better than the Gene version. So I was like, all right. I'm like, hey, I'm like, it's an interesting song. Um, and then then I, then I we will go, he's, then he goes, well, what other demos do they have on the box set? So I played Mad Dog, the one we like from Gene. Mm-hmm. And then I played Don't You Hesitate, the other demo that we like from Paul. Love that song. Yeah, should have been a hit. He looked at me dead serious. He goes, this was not a hit? This was not on an album? I'm like, no. He goes, Paul is the goat. That was his <laughs> quote. He goes, what? <laughs> the goat of what? <laughs> he just, it was just so funny. <laughs> it was just funny having like a completely natural conversation. And he was just like totally on board with it. Like he's into demos now. Is it, isn't it fun introducing kiss to people yeah oh you like this listen to this yeah and the funny thing is the reason oh, i sounded like it listen oh kiss is nonsense listen to emerson lake and palmer you listen to emerson lake and palmer not me. so this the conversation briefly started because one of his buddies that he that he goes to school with was on instagram took a picture and sent it to michael and the kid was wearing a hot in the shade t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> so i said so i said to him i said i said you got to find out about that shirt is that like, you know, one of those vintage ones like that you can order online like I just did? Or is mm-hmm. it like a real one? So we talked to his buddy. His dad is a huge Kiss fan. That was like his dad's hot in the shade tour <laughs> shirt from 1990. So I just thought it was kind of funny. You got a bunch of 14, yeah. 15 year olds like digging Kiss. You know? Oh, I love it. Yep. I love it. I've been swimming in raw sewage. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Um Meanwhile, my 10-year-old asked me, because we have April vacation. April vacation for you is in New Hampshire is a week later? A week, a- a week after, yep. Yeah. Yep. My 10-year-old asked me, hey, Daddy, can I have a play, a play date with, I think, JJ? I'm like, who the fuck is JJ? From, from, <laughs> good, t- from, good, from good times? <laughs> I don't know, but some dude. 
Like, who the hell is that? Wait a minute. No, no. Yeah. I'm like, you're 10 years, yeah, he's just a friend, Dad. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, how do I how do I make it so I'm not the bad guy here? Um, Wait a minute. This is the wrong podcast for a question like that. I know. I'm just like, so my your 10-year-old is digging kiss. Your 14-year-old yeah. right, is digging yes. kiss. Yes. Meanwhile, my 10-year-old is asking me to hang out with JJ on, on, on her <laughs> April vacation. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. A lot of fun that conversation was. Um, So, uh, other than that, life good? Yeah. Everything's going well. Hanging in there. Um, The um, NHL playoffs, I know you're a big fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's interesting you say it. Uh, For all those who care, uh, we're recording on Wednesday night. And why are we recording on Wednesday and not our usual Thursday? Because it's NHL playoff season. And because... Me, I've had season tickets for the Bruins the second I opened up my office in 2001. Wow. I cannot miss playoffs. So it's, I feel like I'm on the team for the Bruins. Like I got to get prepared. Oh, I got to stretch. I got I to game to watch Tuesday. My seats are unbelievable. They're right next to the bench. You'll actually see my ass on TV. If you hit it. Yeah. I'll be the idiot probably wearing a kiss shirt in the middle of a Bruins game. Um, so, I, I it's every other night. And if, it's, if you're not at the game, then it's you're watching every other night. And, yep. uh, you know, you know, there's a good mix. And I think it's the metal kind of thing. There's always that good mix of metal slash kiss slash hockey fans. Oh, totally. I agree. Right? Yeah. 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 And it's the mullets, the hair. It's it's, you know, the. um Oh, it's a good crowd. It's definitely one of oh, the yeah. better. It's definitely one of the better event crowds. And there, sure. there are a lot of us uh, Kiss podcasters out there, big hockey guys. So shout out to them. And uh, I say, uh, I'll throw this out here. Uh, I don't know, Bruins over Winnipeg in six. Oh, I, I gotta pick my Bruins. But oh, anyways, moving on. Not much in Kiss news, is there? No, I mean honestly, I know we say we say the same thing every week. This is the most uneventful, un non dramatic tour ever. <laughs> the only thing you're hearing about it is reviews. This- I saw a I saw a Peter Chris cameo photo. Someone snapped it. It was on social media. It looked like what? he was a little grayer. He had a beard. He was like oh, at yeah, some I, event. I did. I did see that. I did see that, but I didn't know like how old it was or what it was. No, it sounds like it looked like it was a recent event. He was at something. Yeah. Um. He was just. You know, at a dinner or something. Yeah. Um, that. Uh, Vinny's still in hiding. Haven't heard anything about him there. Nothing. Uh, Ace, Ace is still on tour. I see his ads everywhere. Hey, yep. I'm playing over at the bowling drum and down your next city over. Why don't you come and watch me play? <laughs> um, so he's still touring. Yep. And, um, uh, I, you know, I've seen um, – you know, their their Bruce's band is uh, on social media talking about their, um, you know, they're getting geared up, ready to go for the Kiss Cruise. They're yeah, Bruce. One of the acts back, right? Yeah, Bruce had a cool thing. I think I shared that on our Facebook page. Actually, Bruce, uh, we we've talked about this in the past about just like he's like the nicest, kindest man. <laughs> you know, like he he's just and he posted something about. You know, he's like, if you haven't seen this show, you got to see it. The guys are sounding great. They look great. You know, and he was just commenting on how great they sound in the show. And he was commenting on 
um, during one song, I, I can't recall what it was, but um, there was the, you know the video screen that they play. They it was showing- there was Deuce because they were showing them all dancing the yes. move, and there was yep. a scene where Bruce and the uh, non makeup Kiss yes. was dancing to it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. I just yeah. thought, I just thought that was awesome that he's he, you know he, he he's, is awesome, but he's comfortable where he is. He knows he you know he enjoys his history with Kiss, and you know he's proud of the guys now. And I I, I just every time I see him or hear him, I just I just love Bruce even more. Boutros, Boutros, Kulik, <laughs> Bruce. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Um, well, we got. Anyways, talk, we got. We got to talk uh, about the the next big thing. The, the tournament over. And that the winner was, is Zeus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Detroit Rock City takes home the title. Detroit Rock City steamrolled everybody. <laughs> That was the boringest final. I mean, within 10 minutes, it was like 60-40. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Killed, they killed everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we do have a winner. Yep. Um, we have a couple losers here, too. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of losers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want me to tell you some interesting stats? Go Our ahead. good friend Tom Dust. Coming in last with 25 points. <laughs> yeah, but wait. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to defend. With the winner, come on and love me right against It's All Right. Okay. And hold in this final four, he had that in Wouldn't You Like to Know Me. Okay. Got to be a big Paul Stanley fan there. Okay. Hold on. I am going to defend Tom Dust as I'm going to defend I'm myself. I'm joking. We're not going to go through everybody. I'm, I let's know. move on. Some it's people some, some some people pick their own personal bracket, and then other people pick brackets to see. I like had a, a guy here that picked It's All Right to yep. win. I had a War Machine to win, which I don't even know if won one bracket. Ugh. Uh, my Mr. Speed and uh, Sonny had Mr. Speed on one. Yep. Uh, somebody here had Take Me. Um, somebody named... Tom Googlidi had come on and loved me. Shut up. Um, love her all I can. Andy. Um, oh, and, yeah, well, yeah. Our Twitter buddy Andy loves that song. Yeah. David sure it's great. Kathy. Come on, David. A hundred thousand years. Come oh, on. brutal. Yeah. But we, but, but, but we love you, David. Yeah. I like this one. Fat man on guitar. Woo! Well, that's, that's a great Black Twitter diamond. Favorite. You know? Yep. Um, so, so a couple interesting things, though. Yeah, go ahead. Eladio. Yep. He had, get this, a perfect Catman bracket in the beginning. Okay. He got eight out of eight right. Okay. He had a perfect demon bracket. Eight out of eight right. Wow. He had a perfect Star Child bracket, the hardest of the brackets. Wow. And he missed only two in the Spaceman. I don't know why, because that was usually one of the easier ones to win. Yeah. He had, right? Yep. 14 and 16. That's crazy. Are you shitting me? Yeah, that's pretty good. He had 30 out of 32 in the first round. Jeez. Holy shit. That's good. That's how an unbelievable he, job. How did he finish out, though? He didn't win. Okay. Um... <laughs> Our good friend Murph came in the top five with 78 points. How he had Detroit that... Rock City winning. Wait a minute. How could that be? He picked Shandy to win the whole damn thing, I thought. No, he didn't. He had DRC. Okay. Um, uh, Rifund. Scott Rifund. Okay. He 
came close. Top five, 78 points. He had the finals. He had Deuce versus Detroit. Nice. Rock City. Only guy to get that. Really? Yep. Okay. Um, and as I say that, I look, and the next guy had Deuce in Detroit Rock City. <laughs> so I take it back. Deuce had those two, but he had Deuce winning. Yep. Versus Scott, who had Detroit Rock City winning. So those two both had the final two right. Okay. Okay. Now, where is he? Um, coming in second with 80 points, our good friend Jack. Jack Broad, 80 Ooh. points. Jerky Jack Broad? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, sizzle chest there. <laughs> Um, I don't have to talk yeah, to you, nut, jerky. Jack Broad, um, he had 80 points. Okay. And he had a perfect bracket of Spaceman and Star Child to begin with. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and then he had um, to the second round, he could have had most had 16. He had 14 of 16. He only missed. He took Calling Dr. Love over Rocket Ride. If he had that, he would have had a perfect second round. Jeez. Regardless, he had 80. Okay. The winner. This guy had the final four right. Nobody else did this. Really? He missed the final two. He had Love Gun instead of Detroit Rock City. I mean, instead of Deuce. He picked the winner, Detroit Rock City. Mark Volmering, 91 points. Wow, congrats, Mark. Winner. Nice job, Mark. Of the 2019 Makeup Madness Tournament. That's awesome. So, congratulations to Mark. We will DM you later. Yep. Um, we'll find out the details, and we're going to send you a shout it out loudcast t-shirt um a new one not one that was worn by me or tom those cost extra yep and uh we'll uh, we will contact you we'll send you a dm and we'll send it to you directly and uh we thank you and honestly we thank everybody that got involved um it was a lot of work calculating these things. Something I probably should have started doing instead of doing it the last day. Um, but we had so much fun doing it. And next year, we're letting everybody know now, we're going to do it as non-makeup. Oh, yeah. The following year, we will put both of them together. Yep. So this year, coming up, next year, we'll excuse me, we'll have the non-makeup madness. Yeah, but but like like Zeus said, we want to thank everybody. I mean, this was a couple a fun couple of weeks. Just the interaction, the back and forth, you know, people flipping out about results, and um, it it was a lot of fun. So we thank everybody for that. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you for that, guys. Um, so let's get into our topic, Tom. Okay. Our topic it is album review time. Yep. So this week we are going to review. Gene Simmons solo album Woo. from 1956, <laughs> um, 1978. 
pretty much. Tom, you want to start the discussion, buddy? Oh, God. I got boatloads of details and minutiae and ridiculous factoids on this. Okay. Call me in 20 minutes. I'm going to take a quick nap. Go ahead. Everybody else will, too. No. Uh, so real quick, every time we do a an album review, the first thing we say is, What's your earliest memory or your earliest exposure experience with Gene Simmons' solo album? Do you remember? I remember the music from okay. Radioactive. Okay. I remember – do you remember that TV movie that came out? It was like Running with the Devil. No. It was a TV movie. It was like all spooky. For all you listeners out there, tell me that I'm not crazy. There was a TV movie, Running with the Devil. Okay. Um, And it had that like – I don't know. There was a big – when I was younger, just I just remember this a big Satan thing. Um, I don't yeah, know who that. They, I, yeah, they call yeah, they called it the Satanic Panic. It was a huge thing in the seventies and eighties. That's yeah, why there was a ton of and that, that music. Yeah, was quite popular. And who's that Satan freaking minister with you know that was popular back then? I forget his name. I think he's on the cover of Hotel California for the Eagles. What, what Salman Rushdie? The Satanic no. verses. <laughs> <laughs> Salman Rushdie's not what the fucking Salman Rushdie. Uh, oh Borat. Um Yeah, Borat. Anyways, I just my memory was of that. I remembered the the um the image. Like yeah. the solo album's image. Yep. Loved it. And I remembered radioactive. Didn't really remember anything else. Okay. I remember the, so these these the solo albums were released in September of seventy eight, so I had just turned five, <laughs> and at the time I was obsessed with Gene, and I got, um, I think I got the cassette. No, were, were the cassettes in seventy eight? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I probably got the record. Um, and you're right. I have the same memory. The album cover was amazing. Radioactive was amazing. And honestly, that's that is all I remember. I don't remember listening to any other music on that album other than Radioactive. Yeah, I, you know, it's just it was a big deal back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and just to be clear, we're not going to spend a, a, lo- a whole ton of time about the whole story of the solo albums. We're just going to kind of focus on Gene and all the background about his. Um, so, I mean, he's got like tons of of facts factoids here before we get into the track by track mm-hmm. um do you want me to start things off zeus or what do you, or, or you yeah let's let's talk about the album cover what's your thoughts okay. specifically about the album cover oh well absolutely in my opinion maybe the most iconic anton levey why did i say salman rushdie <laughs> anton levey i'm like what the fuck was his name why did i say that guy's name I don't know. Oh. I'm brain dead. Anyways, that's who I'm talking about. You remember okay. him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So, no, so I was just going to say, so those solo album covers are probably the most iconic images. I mean, maybe in all of Kiss, you know, the the colors, the you know, the, the, that each band has that they still use to this day on the end of the road mm-hmm. tour we saw. Um, so the, the, the painter for those, the, uh, the unemployed painter. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Italian fellow, Iraldo Carugatti, <laughs> yeah. um, he painted the solo albums. Now, I know you hate Rush. I understand that you hate the band Rush. Mm-hmm. But he was also famous for painting the album cover of Fly By Night. Any Rush fans out there know that that is one of their best album covers. 
Um, so this guy's pretty talented. So he painted the he painted the album covers, um, and there's information here that showed that for for guidance for those fo- for those the paintings, he used the open the gatefold photos on double platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, he used the Love Gun Alive Two like tour book like press like photos. Um, and it's funny timing that we're doing this episode because our Twitter buddy Bob Nash, I'll give him a shout out because he is like the Kiss Encyclopedia. <laughs> about a week ago, he posted something about the Alive tour book. And uh, do you remember the Kiss Radio? Remember that? Remember that toy from the? So the, yeah. the if you look at that, the pictures Bob had mentioned this. The pictures on the Kiss Radio and on that Love Gun Alive Two tour stuff. Those pictures you can see; those are almost identical to the paintings that that yeah. he used for the solo albums. Yeah, uh, I would probably say though, you know, the the solo albums. Yeah. Dynasty. Yep. And you know, Destroyer. I guess I don't know that that cover probably or Love Gun. Like those are it. Top yeah. five yeah. images of Kiss. Yep. Yeah. And uh, another cool thing about the Gene thing. So he had he had painted all the all the all the four faces and he had looked at the gene painting and he looked at it and he said something's missing i need to add something a little bit extra and that little thing extra that he added was the little bit of blood dripping yeah. down gene's chin that was never there he wanted something a little bit extra um yeah so i saw different reports that different people had suggested that yep. to him to do that yep um to make it more menacing yeah um, so b- before we continue with factoids and stuff, so I'm going to give a shout out. Um, if you're listening to the show, um, obviously you are, are a huge kiss fan. You're a podcast fan and you probably have some knowledge of Julian Gill and kiss FAQ. <clears throat> Julian put out a book a few years ago about the kiss solo albums. Um, it's literally, the biggest thing it is I'm not kidding it is over 540 pages big it's a paperback it looks like a it looks like a phone book okay it has so much unbelievable information about the solo albums um so we I used this we used behind the mask Zeus you were looking at some other information too you said how about you give me a little bit of information a little bit of information. Um, so yeah, we, we, that's what we kind of use for like to research and look at stuff, the behind the mask book. Um, and then just other articles, things that we've read throughout our kiss fandom career, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so let's talk about the, like, you, you want to talk about the album itself before we get into the music. Okay. So what do you think about the insert? Oh yeah. And yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Those inserts, cause you, you could you you collect it all you collect it all four, and then you you made like that big giant poster with all of them. The, the insert yeah. is that that is one of the coolest inserts ever. And who came up with the idea to do the matching four inserts to make one collage? Your buddy Sean Delaney, as we talked about in the last episode, he said he wanted to do it as though he came up with a prize that one of them of all the albums, if you had it and you put it all together, would be a one million dollar winner. Yep, imagine that. I don't that. know why they didn't do that because that would have been huge. Can you imagine that? Oh, they would have sold I, more. All those all those extra pressings they ordered that was sitting in the back of the studio of the uh, record 
companies, yep. it would have been actually sold yep. instead of shipped back. Um, but yeah, he came up with that idea. Obviously, you know, they all came out uniform, so each had their own color, but the top left would have Kiss, and the top right would have the uh, member. Yep. Okay, so Gene's obviously uh, in uh, red. On the back, album tracks, but then it's the dedication where uh, as long Gene follows the other, well, two out of the three, dedicates the album to the other members. Yep. And, you know, it's produced by Sean Delaney and Gene Simmons. Um, Delaney was the guy that, you know, we talked about in the last episode, who was a jack of all trades, um, did a million things for Kiss, very integral part of the success of Kiss. And uh, he produced this album for Gene. Um, Tom, thoughts? Yeah, there's also some other like again, there's 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 just there's so many little tidbits and facts about this. And I'm sure as we cover the rest of the solo albums, we'll do the same thing. But for some reason the Gene album just seems to have a ton. So like you just mentioned like the liner notes, you know, the the you know the open the inside of the CD. Gene thanks a bazillion people on his liner notes. But one thing that I thought was kind of interesting and in timely is that he actually thanks Stan Lee the Marvel mastermind creator. Do you see this? Yeah. I wrote this out. Yep. That's a list of interesting people that he thanked. Yep. He thanked both Lydia and Jeanette uh, Fraley and Lydia Chris. Yep. He thanked producers, Eddie Kramer, Bob Ezrin. He also thanked Steven Tyler, Jerry Lee Lewis, who was supposed to appear on the album, but didn't show up in time. He thanked out of nowhere Chubby Checker. What the fuck is Chubby Checker doing? Yeah, what are you doing? He thanked Sammy Davis Jr. He thanked Michelle Phillips from the Mamas and Papas. She was smoking back then. Yep. Yvonne DiCarlo, who was the Munster's yep. wife. Yep. Um, Sammy Davis Jr. What the fuck? <laughs> Neil and Joyce Bogart, obviously. Um, you already said Stanley, George Plimpton. Oh God. Um, Scott Voorhees. I just put a question mark. Is that any relations to Jason? <laughs> Obviously, Bill Coin, Steve the Diddler Cornell. Oh, I know. Jesus. Um, how about the fact that and this is his 1978 solo album? He thanked Van Halen. Oh, there's more about that later on. Dinah Shore. Yep. In my all-time favorite Thank You in a Kiss album, The Girl with Purple and Green Hair from Edmonton. Ooh. What the fuck is that? Yeah. And, of course, Gene, the lovable big lug, and Mom. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I mean, he... Th- this this album... Uh, I mean... Yeah. The way I look at this out, because whenever we do an album review, I always kind of like really kind of bury myself in the album for a little bit. Like I listen to it constantly. I, I, I really pay attention to what I'm listening to and kind of do it with open ears and give it another shot and everything. Open up your ears, jackass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This so al- it's funny. Do you notice yeah. the difference when you do that? So while I'm at work, I have it played. I'll have it on repeat. Gene Simmons yep. solo all week. Yeah. Right? Then, 
on my car. I'm listening to the stereo, different reaction. However, when I go for a walk or a run and I have my earbuds in, different. I hear different things. I pick up different things. Yep. Oh, totally. Very different. Then I'm totally. like, shit, remember, write that down. Write yeah. that down. Yeah. 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 This album, when I was listening to it, I'm like, this is what any... – go ahead. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Pretty what? much. But what I was going to say is this is what a fucking egomaniac sounds like. This is like the soundtrack to an egomaniac. I mean, and he even he even said it. If I I don't want to read from the book too much tonight. If I but I, I do have a, a little excerpt here. I I, I kind of want to read. Yeah, I'm gonna mask. Kinda, what's this is from behind the mask. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. I know where you're going with this. Okay. So he kind of I'm not going to read the whole paragraph, but he talks about liking different kinds of music, being a fan of different kinds of music, and then he drops this one. The notion of this record was to piss off Kiss fans and push it in their faces to say that you're one-dimensional and I don't want to be. Now, this is coming from the guy who shit on Peter Chris's solo album. This is why I don't get it. So I keep saying this. This is Kissel. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I'm the same way. Yep. Why is it that I can't sit down and uh, listen to a Wailing Jennings song and then in the meantime, go listen to a song by Judas Priest. Yeah. I, I, you shouldn't be pigeonholed. Nobody is. Right? I mean, back then when you're younger and stuff, oh, you like that? Oh, you, you know, you can't. You can't like Bon Jovi if you like Metallica. You know, right. Right. Child mentality. Right. But he's right with that. But why would you try to stick it to your own fans? That's because my point. You're, yeah, you're trying to act like you're like, oh, I'm so enlightened. That's what I mean about egomaniac. You want the, you made this album to piss off Kiss fans? <laughs> well, yes. Well, you certainly did that. Uh, <laughs> I was just gonna say you succeeded, but for all the wrong reasons, Gene. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll I tell you that right now. There was a great <laughs> line by Paul. And, oh yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Right. Yep. Go ahead. And that. Gene gets caught up in it. Forget about a list of 30 celebs. I think he may have gotten f caught up in that presentation instead of writing his best songs. Yeah. And that's the issue. Oh, I'll get this guy. I'll get this guy. Oh, see if you can get me this guy. I'll get this guy. Oh, this guy will play this part of the song. But if you're messing around with it, sometimes the best song would be the four guys in your band playing it. Yeah. You don't need 15 guys adding different interpretations. Or I think there was one song, I, I'm not sure, was it um, Tunnel of Love? There was like three pretty good guitarists doing solos because they overlap and like, dude, what are you doing? Let yeah. somebody have the vision and play it. I mean, to, 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 to Gene's credit, there's, an, there's another quote he says here too. He says, um, by this point, I was totally seduced by power, fame, and wealth and women. Um, I completely lost you, you. Sometimes you completely lose sight of who you are and where you're going or what real things are about. In a lot of ways, my solo record was a reflection of a completely disjointed guy who was just doing everything. I would give it one star. So at least that that's, I mean, that, <laughs> but I think that's funny that that's an honest reflection of the time in 1978 kiss was at the peak. of They were on top of the world and you're taking a guy who was, went from nothing to this. And he's like, Oh shit! I'm just gonna get fucking every famous person that's ever existed to come onto my album. I don't care what it sounds like. 
you know? But that's how he should be doing. I'm not doing a Kiss album. I'm doing a Gene Simmons solo project, like Peter. Right. If Paul's best is a Kiss-sounding album, that's what he enjoys, great. If anything, that proves that Paul's the real focal point of Kiss, right? Ace did a rock and roll album. Uh, Gene wanted to have a million celebrities. I mean, Peter did a soul and R&B type of album. Right. Why does Peter get shit for doing that? Because it's we've said this before because it's it's very soft it's like am gold radio music um and what is mr make believe uh, well here's here you go we've said this before me and you are we're not beatles fans okay? no no i know and the, i the, get it okay the, but the, the, half of this album is like a freaking beatles cover american idol record yeah i mean yeah. it's awful it's and, and and that's the thing it's I, the the way i look at this record with him and all the celebrities and th- songs like Mr. Make Believe, it, it's somebody pretending to be something else. And I, I, I just think, I think that's why it's just, I think that's why as time passes, I think people give Peter more credit because that was truly Peter. That was Being honest to himself. Exactly. He wasn't pretending to be something else. That's Peter. And so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and and as much of a beating as it takes, I think Peter's record, there's a lot more balls to that record because it stands for what it's Peter honest. is. It's exactly, it's honest. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about pre-production before we get into um, track by track? Yeah, I got a couple other facts up. Gene didn't play bass at all on this. Yep. Uh, he played he played guitar. He didn't play bass. Um couple other little factoids um so the in, in kiss meets the phantom of the park the american the u.s version um they had like the ridiculous like Hanna barbera cartoon music for the action scenes yeah. the european version attack of the phantoms that's on kissology that's they were trying to push the solo albums so the music in the movie was solo album music so Radioactive makes an appearance. Mr. Make Believe makes an appearance. Man of a Thousand Faces makes an appearance. Um, and it's a, it's a, it really is a different experience if you watch the American version and there's like a fight and you hear like Scooby-Doo fucking chase music in the background, you know, as, as opposed to hearing like legitimate, you know, hooked on rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see, a couple of the pre-production things here. Um I mean, it's we'll get we'll get to it when we do the track by track. But everybody knows that this album is famous for just having a shit ton of famous celebrities and artists, and we'll cover those as we do the the um, you know the, the track by track kind of thing. I think one funny thing, generally, and we'll make it into it a little bit more. He's on record. He tried so hard to get the Beatles on this record. Yeah, I know. But I think the funny thing is that he couldn't get them, so he got the guys from Beatlemania. Yeah. I mean, with uh, I mean, with all due respect to Beatlemania, what what are you doing? All right, it's it's funny you say that. Okay. Um, so there is um, <laughs> there is uh, a, a, as you may know, uh, I I always talk about it that uh, I'm a big country music fan. Okay, so I'm a big uh, George Jones fan. Yep, and he did an album and a song um, that um, it it don't get any better than this, and in it, every 
the biggest name of the biggest name sing a line. He'll do a line, then Wailing Jennings. He'd do a line, and then uh, uh, Willie Nelson. Then uh, okay. uh, somebody else, I forget who else is on it, but it's uh, uh, Merle Haggard. He does a line. He couldn't get Johnny Cash for some scheduling reason, so he put Johnny Counterfeit. I don't know if you know who he is. <laughs> he is a country music legend who does impressions, and he did Johnny Cash so well, he had Johnny Counterfeit do the Johnny Cash line. Yeah, see, that's ridiculous to me. That's not – that's 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 ridiculous. But well, he puts that it's Johnny Cash, uh, Johnny Counterfeit, and he has a, a little uh, – um, a kind of a thing that he does yep. is uh signal what it was what I'm thinking of um uh where he'll go <clears throat> and he coughs oh so yeah you know that it's not him oh, okay not oh Johnny yeah, Cash. yeah 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 um a wink wink yeah uh but yeah that's what Gene did but he, Gene did in 78 George Jones did this like in 98 1998 <laughs> unbelievable so it's funny cuz it just reminds me of that and I I would love to hear if any one of our listeners would be like, who the, like, yeah, I know that song from George Jones, because I got there and was like, who the fuck is he talking about? Yep. I know I know who all I know who all those guys. Uh, I don't yeah. know who that I, mean, I don't I know, know every one of those songs and it's it just it's a whole it's a another world, KISS fans. Don't worry about it. So anything else before we get into the tracks? One more funny, unbelievably funny random thing that, that that I think I discovered in the Julian Gill book, which is loaded with unbelievable information. Right. Gene, I am not making this up. It's Gene legitimately tried to get the barking sounds from Lassie yeah, on his album. Okay. I saw that. He or actually tin or something like yeah, that. He actually sent a truck out to where Lassie was to record him barking and wanted to use it as a background. And even Gene, he even says, he goes, um, I, I, I got share. I got kids. I got dogs. I got everybody. I had all these people. I wanted to break down the walls of what was considered cool. Uh, breaking news, Gene, having a fucking dog on your album is not cool. <laughs> okay. He's got... Alex from Stroh's, Spuds McKenzie. He got own Loke. <laughs> yeah, <don't. laughs> he got they all for that funky Cole Medina dance. Oh God! Yeah, and why is that song also famous? Because it has the the the, the clip from Christine sixteen. It samples Christine sixteen. Yeah, own Loke. Yep. that's right. Yep. Nice. Okay, so all ready right. to go. All right. All right. First track. Here we go. You guys ready to go on a satanic voyage? Oh. Here we go. Radioactive. <laughs> Sound 
What'd you think? Look, I <laughs> look. This is ridiculous. Look, I, I truly, I think that is a great song. I think it's a great pop song. I think it has a great hook to it. I think the chorus is catchy. I think it's got a good. I, I, I truly think that's a really good song. And I think if that was a Kiss song, it would have been an absolute monster of a hit for them. Yep. What do you think? Um, I think it's a great song. I think it's got very demonish qualities. So if you were playing uh-huh. this album and you bought this and you're thinking, I'm going to get an album full of d- the demon and it starts off with the and you hear that shit, you're like, what the fuck am I getting into? Yep. Man, you're my yeah. oh, It's so good. Um, great chorus, great song. Um, he says he sang it about Cher. Yeah, yeah, he talked about because he was dating Cher at that time. So now, do we want some background information on that famous intro? You want to go ahead? Yeah, you want to give me some information because I have a little information. <laughs> go ahead. So I was going to say what they say, according to Sean Delaney, is he is the person making the noise, the, the satanic priest. Yep. And Janice Ian is the supposed nun. Yep. And he is saying, Sanctum. Sanctum. Yep. I thought he was saying Sumdrum. Right? <laughs> um, and he says, he's, well, I don't know what language, their death, our death. My death in this ritual of the holy night. Yep. Um, WTF. And then, <laughs> and then Janice Ian is also singing in Latin. Yep. And it, her translation loose, depending on where you're reading it, it says, I see no evil. I hear no evil. It's not around me at all. So you got like two conf- So like you said, you got like a nun and a priest. And I, I, at that time, like we talked earlier, like that whole satanic panic, all those movies, you know, the Omen and Rosemary's Baby, you know, five years ago, The Exorcist came out, plus plus Knights and Satan service. You know, they already think, I mean, what a kick-ass way to start off the album. I thought it was oh, fun. Yeah. I, to this day, I, feel, I still think it's great. It's a great and, opening track. And, and even, even Gene does a little bit of, uh, he, he even makes a loose salute to uh like the music from the exorcist and jaws like those 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 cinematic scores you know that he kind of threw in there with that you know yeah and he was gonna have jerry lee lewis play the keyboards on it but he didn't get there in time yeah no nobody yeah we're, we're good with that we're good with that <laughs> you didn't want to hear great balls of fire no in the middle of this no all right all right, all right. so uh, moving well, on well, no, oh, you so you got some, some some other information on that song. So you got Joe Perry from Aerosmith playing guitar on that. Yeah. Um, and you got um one of, and, and you got one of my favorites, Bob Seeger, background vocals. Yeah. Yep. Um Wait, another Seeger was one of those guys that you read him, Janice Ian, and a few others. Like Gene was sending out like platinum albums to everybody. Oh my god. Because he got platinum awards for this album. And he yeah. was set, and everyone's acted wicked appreciative. Like, oh, I can't believe he did that. It was very nice of him. Sent me a platinum album because I was on this. Imagine yeah. being the like, yeah, I got a platinum album by being a nun and <laughs> singing in Latin <laughs> on Gene Simmons' solo album. And then another general thing about this, she's not credited on any specific song, but she's credited as being just a general background singer, is Katie Segal. A.K.A.? 
Yep, go ahead. Peg Bundy. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say, yeah, yeah. But I, I thought that was interesting. Who I guess she's. You, what are you going to say? She's from. Um, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, come on. She's way more famous for the. Um, I know. For Peg Bundy. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, all go right. Ahead. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No, so then, then we got uh, we got burning up with fever. I'm burning up with fever. All right, here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four.
So if you listen to that track, when you hear the off-tuned guitar, go ahead. There's a part I never picked up on it until I had the earbuds on when he goes, yep. "Lovely." Yes. Right. Yeah. You don't. I never heard. I didn't. I never picked up on it until recently when I went for a walk and I had the earbuds in. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, um. Go ahead. What's your thoughts on this? Look, I like it. I, there's a, there's a lot of songs on this album that I truly do like that I think they're interesting. Okay. They got cool vibes. Um, I think I, I really like burn. I really like burning up. With, I think I think it's cool. I like it. What do you think? Um, I love it. The thing that sticks out about this song. Yep. Donna Summer rips it at the end. Absolutely. Yep. Huh? Yep. Yeah, what a that, voice. Yeah, and that was pretty cool because that's when like two Casablanca giants joining uh, together here. Um, was yeah, Gene, that that was Gene banging her then, or was he, he would share? What do you honestly think that Donna Summer came on this album and Gene didn't hit that? <laughs> yeah, but he was with Cher. And oh no, Cher was with them then. Oh no, nothing. Yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, I mean, asking. I don't know if he was banging her then, banging her before, banging her afterwards. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So what do we? So anything else for uh, burning up? No, I just think it's a very good track. Um, okay. You know, it's different. It wouldn't work as a Kiss song, I don't think. No, I just think it's a good song. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Like you said, I think it's interesting. I think it's cool, but like you said, it's not, a, it's not a Kiss song. Uh, um, what do we got next? See you tonight. And it goes a little like this. Thoughts? I like it on MTV Unplugged. I think they do a terrific job on that. Um, it's a cool song. It's it's his attempt. You know, it's it's it's, it's his attempted Beatly kind of stuff. That's yeah. Song one of the Beatles. Yeah, that he does right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Of it, the it's trilogy Beatles songs that he does on this. Yeah, it's a good. It, it's a cool song. I mean, you know, like I said, I really like the Unplugged version. I think he said that he did this song. Am I right, Tom? That he did this song with Steve Cornell, the diddler, before he joined Kiss. Um, yeah, I think that was that. I think that was it. Was like early. It was like a material that he wrote like early on, like in the yeah. like Wicked Lester, like Bullfrog Beer, like those really early, and, early stuff. And that when he played it for him, he thought it was a Beatles song when Gene played it for him. Yeah, I, well, I mean, so similar. I mean, you have. You know, I know we're kind of shitting on Gene with his Beatles stuff, but he he loved the Beatles. And he, when you listen to some of I these mean, other songs, would you we'll be rather to... saying that's a Beatles <laughs> song than uh, yeah, that's a song that sounds like the Turtles? Right, right. I <laughs> mean, know? It, it is. A, I mean, it's a well crafted song. I, I, you know, like I said, I like the MTV Unplugged version. I think they do a nice job with that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. 
Next. Oh, <laughs> here it comes. Here it comes. I'm not sure if this is the first time. I'm trying to think. Is this the first description of a woman's bodily part that Gene started calling it? What, you don't think he's just talking about a tunnel of love like the ride at the fun amusement park? He wants to go to your tunnel of love. <laughs> oh, go ahead. God, here we go. think he's talking about i like it i like it again it's not a kiss song it's it's an interesting song um you know donna summers on this again more background from her um well you know well you know (laughs) i i got i got i got a couple interesting factoids on this but before we get into that what do you think tell tell it's an all right song it's okay. Yeah. It's not a kiss song, but I, I can listen to it. Yeah. Um, it's a little different. I like the opening lines. Well, if you're looking for the best, then baby be my guest. Yeah. I think it's pretty I think it's a pretty ballsy line. Yeah, I think it's got it's one just, of the I also think it has one of the worst kiss Gene Simmons lyrics in the history is you'd jump off the roof if I tell you. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? What what why 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 would you what why would you say that? <laughs> You're just a victimless crime? Yeah. <laughs> oh better yet. Let me visit your tunnel of love. Gene is never your tunnel of love. Gene's never I've been got subtle. To visit your tunnel of love. Uh, he's not subtlety is not his strength, that's for sure. I want to visit your tunnel love. Go up to go up to go up to your loved one. All you kiss listeners out there, go, hey baby, can I visit your tunnel of love tonight? And if that doesn't work, then you can just ask if you can just throw your log in their fireplace. <laughs> tunnel of love. Oh so, my goodness. So, a couple of interesting factoids on this one. Okay. Okay. This song was originally a demo during the early Love Gun sessions 
and it was rejected for Love Gun by everybody. Yeah, and a, another interesting tidbit from this: the demo from '76 era. Gene had recorded this with Eddie and Alex Van Halen. Is that? I wonder if that's on the. Uh, I don't have it. A vault. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh. Because we all know the history, we all know the history of Gene and uh, Van Halen and yep. you know, Eddie and all that stuff. Um, Joe Perry recorded guitar stuff on this, but they didn't like the way it turned out, so it wasn't used on the song. And at the last minute, Gene actually was going to have Ace Freely do the guitar solo on this, but he thought better of it and didn't do it. You had that guy Richie Randall of Stars, yep. and Jeff Scun Baxter. So there's three pretty decent guitarists. Skunk Baxter. All, yeah. all overacting, like overdoing it for each other. I just, you know, it's just too much stuff. It's a, I probably think that could be the best um, guitar solo on the, on the album. Yeah, it's good. Skunk Baxter is a legit session guitarist. He's good. I mean, yeah, he, I, I think that might be the best. Yeah, it's good. Um, Again, not a Kiss song, but I I, I, I enjoy listening to it. I, if it comes on, I won't turn it off. I, I find it interesting, you know? Yeah. What do so, we got next? We got True Confession. Oh, boy. This is the first um, first time that Kiss worked with Nell Carter. You know that she comes on later on on uh, Silver Spoon and Hot in the Shade. But I think Nell's first appearance is on True Confession. Wow, they chorused, huh? That's a that's a rough one. That's a rough one. But you know you know who's singing background on this though. It's not Nell Carter from Give Me a Break. No, <laughs> it's Helen Reddy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Another 70s mob superstar. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I like that song. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Nope, but I like it. Uh, it, uh, it again, we, we keep saying the same thing. They're not Kiss songs, but they're interesting songs to listen I to. Can hear, I can picture the whole gospel choir behind them. Oh yeah, the chorus. That's all I'm asking for. Right? Yeah, I mean it's it's tolerable. Confession. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, oh, what do we got all next? All right. The song that uh, you know makes me and Tom giggle like a bunch of school children. Um, here it is. 
the elephant in the room is this, okay? And yeah. I'm going to play it for you. You found a hotel where I'm staying. Right? Oh, yeah. What the yeah. fuck is that, boing? <laughs> it's, I think we talked about this before. It's like he broke the string <laughs> on the bass, like, boing. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. It just seems like somebody, like, nobody fixed that. Uh, I mean, that might have been the, what he was looking for. So how many times you've heard Paul talk about on a live album, if you don't correct it, in, in concert, you don't think about it. But if it's on an album, it's there forever. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Settle, Settle down, Paul. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I'm just... <laughs> well, what do you th- what do you think of the song? I like it. It's the same thing. It's like it's not a kiss song. It's kind of catchy and silly. I'm living in sin at the Holiday Inn. Oh, I love you the know. beginning though. I know you write me sexy letters. <laughs> Settle down, Gene. <laughs> oh man, and then uh, it's just like it's like the fucking the Holiday Inn. How is he able to get away with that? The well, fucking Sugar Hill Gang and them fucking talk together. Like, hey, I got a song with the Holiday Inn. Well, in the, in, the, in the book here, it says the the actual title was going to be Living in Sin at the Holiday Inn. The title was changed because they were afraid to offend one of America's largest hotel chains. Well, first of all, forget offend. You would have been sued. <laughs> um, And then in the middle is... Gene picks up the phone thinking he's the big bubble. <laughs> yeah. Hello, baby. Yeah, exactly. Lace. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What's he going to get into that? He um, sang everything in the... It was like a kitchen sink song. And then Cher and Chastity Bono... They're on the phone. Uh, ...do the phone call. Yep. Yep. That was, in, that was, that was a good one. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and um, again, I just think uh, it's funny. Yeah, again, more Bob Seger background singing on this song as well, and more Joe Perry guitar on this as well. Yeah, yeah. So, a, a lot going on, on the, a lot of star power in this song. Yeah, um, it's just, it, you know, it's more of a Paul Stanley kind of chorus song. Hit the chorus, I'm living in sin yeah. at the holiday. It's all about the chorus. Yeah. Um, now, do you think? do you think if this song was maybe like reworked or tweaked a little bit that this could have been a Kiss song? Like you said, if Paul was if Paul was doing like background stuff, or do you think it's a little too cheesy to be like a real Kiss song? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, you know, it just eh, not sure. Okay. Um, what's next? Oh, why are you doing that? Oh, always near you, nowhere to hide. Go Here ahead. We go.
right? You made some moaning noises over there like you were giving birth. Let's go. Okay. The always near you part is very beetly, semi-tolerable. The ending of Nowhere to Hide is one of the biggest fucking dumpster fires in Kiss history. It, and I'm gonna let me tell you right now, shame on me for not throwing this in my list of top 15 worst Kiss songs because this is an absolute abomination. Him, his falsetto, he's screaming. The orchestra sounds like it's on fire. It's awful. Oh, it's awful. Really bad. Really bad. Go ahead. Are you done? I'm done. I'm sorry. It's terrible. I love this song. <laughs> I like it. And that's why I, we... I like it so much. I said I love it. And that's why we do this show. Um, It's awesome. Oh. That I, I just think it's kind of like... It's not so slow as a ballad in the beginning. It's always building. The, even the music, it builds always near you. It's building, it's building. And then when you get into Nowhere to Hide, I oh. love that falsetto. Gene! Oh, it's awful. I love oh. that. Oh, oh shoes. Awesome. That oh, yes. Fantastic. I think he does a fantastic job on it. it I love the combo. And you know, the, the funny thing is, it's, yeah, it's a, Be- a Beatles part two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he talked about that he had this as two different songs. And he couldn't finish each one of them. And he thought of the Beatles and all my I don't know what, what song all my life. I don't know. And he's like, they just combined it when it was a McCartney and Lennon song. They just combined it, made it. They couldn't finish each song. So he took both these songs and combined it into one. Yeah. Guess what, Gene? You're not fucking Paul McCartney or John <laughs> Lennon. Okay. <laughs> just stop. Dude. <laughs> <You're not, you're, laughs> It's, you, you mean you can't combine See You In Your Dreams and Almost Human and make it sound like Let It Be? No, no I would like that. I would listen to that. Do that. Oh, Ugh. terrible. Great song. Um, Tom, who's the man? <laughs> like this song i think it's so kinda, do i so I think, do i i think i, I think it's kind of cool uh, you know it's, it's famously it's about lon cheney and it's about himself you know um gene grew up loving all the you know the, the monster movies and man of a thousand faces um it's it's a you know it's a cool song it's got the horns it's got the strings it's got the you know it's okay it's yeah, I'm not. It's not one I'm going to come back to very often, but it's okay. I like it when it comes on. I like listening to it. Okay, I'm the man. Yeah, I like <laughs> when that, he does the I demon like... voice when he does yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said he also said that the song is a little bit about him. 
Yeah. Where he was saying, like, you know, I'm a Jewish guy, an Israeli guy, living in the United States, dressed in English, uh, living in New York, dressing up as the demon, partying outside, but being straight. Like, I had a million faces myself. Um, I can believe that. But, you know, musically, I like the song. It's not a Kiss song. It's a pop song. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's not great, but it's tolerable. Like a lot of this album kind of is. Yeah. So we're up to, uh, I believe, Beatles number three. Mr. Make Believe. Hit it. Mr. Make Believe. Mr. Make Believe. Let me live inside you. I mean, hit it with the baseball bat because this song sucks. (laughs) Okay, now wait, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. How can this song suck, but always near you know where to hide does not suck? Oh, that song rocks. Oh, jeez. Mr. Make Believe just, I I can picture like fake imitation Beatles people singing this song with them where it's not the real Beatles from 1966. You know what this reminds me of when I hear this song? Do you remember, and I, I honestly can't recall if it's extreme close-up or if it's exposed, when Paul and Gene are sitting next to each other, they don't have they don't have any makeup on, and they pretend to do, like, Beatles harmonies next to each other? Yeah, that's from Kiss Exposed. Yes. No. Yeah. If you break my yeah, they, heart, yes. you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 When they sing but, that. But you're right. When you, when you hear this, it's like, oh, that's a pretty good song for, like, a high school so band. so cute, Stanley. Oh, and that... Hey, take your quarter and fucking beat it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can do Kiss Expose just like we can do Kiss Extreme. Um, yeah, this is uh, faux Beatles, um, but this song sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's not good. Okay, let's stay on a roll and keep going downhill on this roller coaster that will never go back up because on this album, the roller coaster is taking that downturn where you're going a million miles an hour. And yeah. guess what? There's no end to it. It just goes whoop, right off the track, and you're flying in the air going, holy fuck, you're dead. Because next up is this. Your eyes, it's all right. It's all right. 
see you in your dreams. Thoughts. Why? Why? Well, I know why. Because I want to take a shitty song and and prove I can make it shittier. No, see, I di- I totally disagree. I am in the I am in the minority. I really like the rock and roll over version. I do. I know. That's okay. The only song that keeps that record from being the perfect record. In, in the book, it said Gene re-recorded See You in Your Dreams because he was apparently not happy with the Kiss version on Rock and Roll Over. According to Gene, quote, I didn't like the way Kiss did it, and as a result, I wanted to re-record it to make it more powerful. Unfortunately, Gene wasn't particularly happy with this second version either. Well, what the fuck, you mean, dude? You mean adding Peg Bundy to the background vocals who was really going to make this song a hit? <sighs> God, no. It, it's... The, the the little the little uh, doo wop Gladys Knight and the Pips and the when it comes to the you know see you I get to feel you all that no no okay you know what was interesting though I didn't I read and um, I noticed it now so Rick Nielsen yep. Cheap Tricks guitarist that funny little guy there yep the funny little hat does yep. a pretty good solo on this yeah but do you notice that his solo what they said is that he, his solo is an homage to When You Wish Upon a Star, if you listen to it in the beginning. I did see that. That's very interesting. Guys, listen to it. That's the yep. only part of the song it's worth listening to just to pick up that. Very that interesting. That it's When You Wish Upon a Star in his solo yeah. for when, uh, Seeing Your Dreams. Yeah. Now, I got one. I think it's a really funny tidbit here. Okay. So Funny how. Funny how. So, Michael DeBar... Okay, I don't know how to say it. I think that's how I'm saying his last name. In the 70s, he was a big he was in a couple bands. Um he's a b- big background in music. Um yeah, and then he started making stuff. He's yeah. a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, then he started then you know, he started moving towards acting and TV and movies and et cetera, et cetera. But when I see that name, the only thing I can think of is that he is the Mater D at the restaurant where Jerry Seinfeld Drops his car off with a valet, stinks it up. <laughs> yeah. The smelly, the smelly car episode. When Jerry, it's bo, it can't be bo. It's when, bo. Jerry goes into the restaurant and demands <laughs> to talk. He's the mater d, and Jerry and Jerry's like, yeah, "You have to come out and sit in my car." He's like, "I'm not going to do that." And every time I hear Michael DeBar, I'm like, "That's the guy from Seinfeld." <laughs> it's, it's bo. It can't be bo. It's bo. It's bbo. It still smells. It still smells. Do you smell the one of my heart of smell? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. I love but, it. Uh, anyways, that's you in your dreams. So as the roller coaster and you're midair, your, your, your ride has gone off the track, it's in the air, and you're saying, holy shit, I'm about to fucking land and die. This is the part that comes up. When you wish upon a star right before you crash and die and blow up go
though, Tom? Do you feel the love? <sighs> Fucking Jiminy Cricket on a Kiss album. <laughs> now, now, let's let's preface all of our comments by saying that we understand why it's on the album. You know, Gene, the American Dream. You know, had a had a tough life, tough upbringing, coming from Israel, came to America, couldn't speak a lot of English. Blah blah blah. We get that. I get all that. And I'm, I'll do this for your father, for yeah, your father. Yeah, you know, and, and and as the jerky boys would say, I'm, I'm very proud of you. That's very nice. But don't put it on a fucking Kiss album, Gene. Come on, Sean dude. Delaney says that these are Gene's first words in English for the song lyrics to When You Wish Upon a Star. He says that Gene's voice cracks and cries during this song. That Gene wanted him to take it out, and he said, no, I will not re-record it. I don't know if that's true, but I find that interesting. Great. Throw that shit in the vault. Everybody else is crying, too. So not just you, Gene. (laughs) The Kiss Army of 1978 is crying. And again, I say this all the time, and forgive me for sounding like a broken record. You have the balls to shit on Peter's album. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just ridiculous. I don't know what he was thinking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking? I got something. I got the Buddha Pinocchio song. It's from Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Hey, Gepetto. Hey. <laughs> Jimmy. Imagine how Kramer now, when he's fighting with the guy who, that does his pizza, puts his coat in the oh, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They just yell at each other in fake. Italian gibberish. Yeah, and he yeah. Goes to pay for it with, with ten thousand pennies. pennies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Gibetto. Um, overall, anything else about these songs that you want to talk about? That anything about the album or it sticks out or overall playing the album together? I think, like you said, I think the I think the album really, really hits the skids that 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 last <laughs> skid mock. Yeah, pretty. I mean, because the album itself, it's kind of up and down. You know, you got radioactive burn up with fever. You know, the, the couple songs are it, it kind of keep it stays afloat a little bit, but then it really just just it just hits a cliff and it just you know, and then yeah. that might that might be done on purpose. You know. Track listings are very important when albums are produced, so that might be why they did it like that. But yeah, I would say it's a little, um, it's top heavy and starts heading downwards. Um, where you can be like, maybe Sean could have been more uh, forceful. Gene, like, that's not going to cut it, dude. What are you doing? Yeah, well, um, we'll get well, something Sean, stronger in here. Well, Sean Delaney is on record as saying he was against the solo albums from the get go, that he knew it was going to be the end of the band. Yeah, he, he, you know, he didn't he didn't like it at all. He said that when he left him and he came back later on, he's like, was it 79? He's seeing Peter throw his drumsticks at Gene's head. He's like, what the fuck is this shit? Yep. What yep. the hell's going on here? Yeah. Peter, Peter probably heard when you wish upon a star and fucking <laughs> threw a drumstick at his head. <laughs> <laughs> and he heard Peter's love is an easy thing. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Love is an easy thing. So is firing. Hey, a I got a, I'm in the ozone. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about, Paul? You want to hold me, touch me? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh, God. Paul said, hey, motherfuckers, I just fucking wrote It's All Right. 
<laughs> all you guys, all three of you guys, go eat a dick. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounds like a good idea. Um, anyways, <laughs> edit that. Um, no, there's just a couple things. It's just like production, weird stuff, a million solos, a million uh, different things. You know what also I forgot to mention uh, and I thought it was kind of interesting? Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was on True Confessions. True Confessions. <laughs> um, do you notice the bridge part? Yeah. Do you remember? It's yeah. Like a, yeah. Oh. yeah. You know what it reminds me of that they copied later on? It's like the bridge in I Just Wanna. They'll do year, later, later oh, okay. on. Okay. Okay. Right? I guess, yeah. I see what and you're I saying. And I remember Paul talking about that and saying, that's a very Bob thing. Yep. Bob didn't come up with that on Revenge. I did because I thought that's something Bob would do. Okay. And it's funny how Gene does this on his, and he does mention that he does thank Bob Ezrin. But you notice the bridge part there when it's like, it's all quiet. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. There's no and need the for that. the piano and, and, and the choir and the gospel choir in the background and give me a break, Nell Carter singing. And... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's, but it's, I, I found the whole thing kind of just – it's just uneven. Yeah. yeah. It's a mess. Right? It's, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of hodgepodge. Yeah. And I think there are some songs like – if I hear – you know, I would say for me, songs – you know, I don't want to get into orders yet. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll save this comment. I'll save it for afterwards. Okay. All right, so we went through the track listing. Where do you want to go next? Well, now I think it's time we do, whenever we do an album review, we rank our songs. So we, right. start, with, we start with the bottom. Okay, my song number 11. I'll go first. Told you, the crash and burn when it blows up. When you wish upon a star. Me as well. Same thing. I think our number ones and our number 11s may be the same, but who knows? So, that, yep, that's also my number 11. What is your number 10? Always near you, nowhere to hide. Oh. Yep. Wow. Yep. My number 10 is when the um, roller coaster, you, you're in mid-flight. Realizing you're in the air, you're about to crash and burn. See you in your dreams. Oh, okay. That's my number 10. Okay. Um, my number nine is uh, the Beetle Light, Mr. Make Believe. That's also my number nine. Yep. Okay. 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 What's your number eight? See you in your dreams. Okay. My number eight is I want to see your tunnel of love. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number seven, I believe it's my, I go first, right? Yep. Um, see you tonight. Mine as well. So I'm the same there. Okay. 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 Um, your number six. Man of a thousand faces. Wow. Yep. Okay. My number six is Nell Carter and True Confessions. Okay. Um, number five for me is uh, Living in Sin at the oh, Holiday Inn. That's number five? Yeah. Oh. My number five is True Confessions. 
Nah, I had it number six, so. Okay. All right, your number five. I, I mean, did, your yeah, my, my number four. Okay. Correct. Yep. Your number four. I'm sorry. Tunnel sorry. Of, tunnel of love. Tunnel of love. That's my four. Okay, my four is somebody's burning up with fever. All right, that's that's my that's my number three. My number three is always near you. Oh, what? Always high. Holy! I love shit. that song. I told you that is a that's a shocking that is insane. Yeah, wow. number two for me is. I'm the man. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm a thousand faces. My number two is living in sin. Drum roll, which we oh. have no sound effects for that. Yep. Number one. Ready? Radioactive. Radioactive. It's got to be. Can't be anything else. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, so interesting here. Your number two is Living in Sin. I thought Living in Sin is a good song. I have it number five. I just like, really like the other songs. I like Tunnel of Love. Um, I'm not Tunnel of Love. Uh, Burning Up with Fever. Uh, Always Near You. I, I just, I don't know, there's something about that song. And then um, I like Man of a Thousand Faces. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's okay. It's, you know, it's tolerable. So one other thing that we've been doing... So for the, for all you listeners out there, we're, this is our third album review. Yep. So we we go through each album and place these albums. Where do we have them ranked? Right. Yep. So we've done three albums. Yep. Um. So our first, uh, we've done. Uh, what was it? Uh, was Animalized. 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 Yep. Yep. Dressed to Kill, and also we just did Gene Simmons. Yep. First thing we've been doing is keeping track of album covers. Yep. This is going to be interesting. <clears throat> it will be. So before, I, I think we were both on the same page. Dressed to Kill was number one. Number two was Animalized. Now we add Gene Simmons solo, Tom. Yep. So... Dress to Kill, Animalize, Gene Simmons. How do you have them ranked? It definitely animalizes last. And then and then this actually took a lot of time for me, to be honest with you, because Dress to Kill is just so iconic and epic. Yeah. But I am a Gene guy, and I always have been. Mm-hmm. I am putting Gene at number one right now. I know it's just Gene. It's not the band, but I love... Love that. That that's just one of the most iconic images ever, and that's that's number one for me. Yeah, because that Gene cover might be the best cover. So just because Dress to Kill moves down, you're yep. not really telling it's not Dress to Kill. Be that could be the number two album cover. Right. I'm with you. Really? Okay. Good. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I mean, I like the image. Yep. Of them and the makeup and stuff, and I think it's great. Uh, I actually like some of the outtakes. Of them dressed in the suits from Dress to Kill. Maybe yeah. even better than wonder- that one photo. I'm wondering what would have happened if they chose to not use a black and white photo. Because we've seen some color outtakes of that Dress to Kill session. But, yeah. you know, 
Uh, I, I, again, it's a nostalgia thing. It's kind of the reason why I love Love Gun. I love Alive 2. I, I, this whole 77, 78 era, that's where I grew up with. And yeah. I love the solo albums. I love everything that's – I love that time, that era, and that I – mean, all, all the solo album covers are just my favorites. Okay. I have Next. a T-shirt. I, I have a solo album T-shirt, all four faces on the front. You know, I have a Peter Chris solo album. I might have to get this Gene one now after this episode. Um, next we're gonna do the album themselves. Okay, three albums we've done. Yep, Dress to Kill, Analyze, Gene Simmons solo, rank them. Oh boy, uh, this is uh, this is well, well, well dress tough. Yeah, it is, but not really. I look at it as the other way around. I would put. Dress to Kill is my number one. Absolutely, that's okay, no so doubt. So that's easy. It's that's easy. second that's... and third where you're going. Well, here's the th- here's the thing. When here's the thing, thing jerky. jerky. I don't have to talk to you. It, it, like most Kiss fans, it depends on what mood you're in. Okay, so I might be in my car and hit shuffle, and you know, you know, something from Animal Eyes comes on, and I'm like, oh, this is great, you know. And then the next day, you know, Tunnel of Love might come on and be like, ah, this is great. I honestly think I might have to put Gene Simmons ahead of Animal Eyes. Yeah. I'm I'm like you. It's an extreme close-up. Yeah. Pun intended. Good one. Uh, Close one there. So um, I'm trying to rank it. Like, Heaven's on Fire really sticks out as the best song on Animal Eyes. Yeah. Radioactive really sticks out. There are two, I would say, two awful songs on Gene Simmons. One, a third one that's pretty bad, Mr. Make-Believe. Um, and Animal Eyes has a couple brutal, While the City Sleeps and and, and also um, yeah. in High Heels. While the, While the City Sleeps is better than half of Gene's album. So that's why I'm putting Animal Eyes as two. In okay. Gene's three. Yeah. See, it it it's like a razor's edge for me to have Gene ahead of Animal Eyes. When I listened to this album, there were times I skipped. Like I skipped "See You in Your Dreams." I skipped "When You Wish Upon a Star." Okay. I skipped. I I, I mean, as awful as murder, murder. Yeah. And high heels and 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 while the city sleeps, I don't skip them. I think the reason I'm ranking Gene Simmons ahead of Animal Eyes is because we're talking about it right now. If we were talking about Animal Eyes right now, I would probably put Animal Eyes ahead. You know what I mean? I think it's like, um, what's that that saying? Recency bias? Yeah. I think that's what, because it's it's literally like, if it was a percentage, it would be like 51-49 right now. So, so I want to tell the listeners something else me and Tom are doing. We're not going to put this online. I don't have a website. We don't. Yep. Maybe we'll get into a website someday. So yep. in the end, we are keeping track. We've done three albums. We're trying to keep track of the 10 best Kiss songs and the 10 worst Kiss songs. Now, we've already done smashes, thrashes, and shit. But as we listen to these album breakdowns, I think it'll make it more specific. So what we're doing is we're taking from those, every album review, we're making a top 10 list of all those songs from those albums that we reviewed and a top 10 worst. So we're keeping track of them. We're not publicizing it. I'm not going through this list. It'll be too long for us to do this. 
We're also keeping track of albums in ranking. We're also doing album covers. So in the end, when we're done with all our album reviews, we'll have every Kiss album and song reviewed for us. And we'll have a top 10, mine, and top 10 for Tom, top 10 worst, top 10 best for each of us. And we'll have every album and uh, cover reviewed and every album. And we'll have a ranking for them. And hopefully we'll finish this podcast at some point with the album reviews and go over that list with everybody. Yeah, definitely. So that'll be cool for sure. All right. So we go album covers. Uh, We both agreed Gene is number one, then Dress to Kill. And we both agreed Animalize is number three. Uh, As far as albums, we think in rank of the best music. We took Dress to Kill number one. Tom took uh, Gene number two. I put Animalize number two. Tom took Animalize as number three. I took Gene as number three. Okay. All right. So that's that's our topic. Um, Tom, do you have any questions this week? We got a couple questions that we got um, from last week that we didn't get to, so we wanted to kind of honor those. Uh, those. And that's uh, why we didn't put out a request for new questions. Yeah. We're trying to hit everybody up so everybody gets something. Yeah. We love plugging everybody, giving everybody a shout-out. Yep. So here's one from uh, one of our – uh, favorite loyal listeners and Twitter followers, David Cathy. Um, his question is, uh, do you think if there is another trip across the U.S. for KISS, will it be primarily smaller cities or will it be big cities like the first leg? I think they'll do more like um, different. They'll try to make it different as same state, but different venues so that they're not saying they're copying the same. So, for instance, when they're hitting us in the Boston area, they'll do the uh, Xfinity Center, which is the outdoor venue. They'll come during the summer and say, oh, you know, well, we only hit the Garden and we hit Mohegan, but we didn't hit Xfinity Center. Um, I think they'll do something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think they'll do – Paul is on record as saying once we play – fill in the blank. We're never coming here again. So they'll never, and I I believe that. So I think the loophole and all of that is, yeah, okay. We won't come to Boston, but maybe we'll play DCU in Worcester. Maybe we'll go to Xfinity. Yeah. Um, You know, maybe we'll play Providence. You know, they have, they didn't go, you know, depend. It depends. Um, I think the big thing is, are they even going to make it back to the U S so long as they stay healthy. I think, you know, I think that that's, that's a big question too. Are they even going to make, as much as it's farewell tour, I don't believe the fans are treating this as this is it. They think they're going to come around because this is a three-year tour. They'll be back again. Well, I think people are so blown away by the show and the energy that I don't think anybody can believe that it's like a farewell tour. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, you know, we went to two shows. When you walked out of that arena, you weren't like, oh, I'm glad they're going out. You know, I mean, it looks like they could keep playing. But, you know, who knows? I don't know. I, I, I hear you, fruitcake. Yeah, and then we got another one from a newer listener. This is from Nicholas Grayton. Excuse me if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. What has been your favorite set list that you've seen Kiss play? Oh, this is easy for me to answer. Personally seen them play? Yeah, yes. I mean, I hate to say it. Go ahead. I can't argue with what they're playing now. I've yet to ever see them play a bigger, not that this is a variety of songs, 
but maybe I have a quarrel with one or two songs, but they haven't really ventured off of anything different than this. I've seen them where they've played um, Hide Your Heart. I've seen them when they've added Got to Choose. I've seen it when they've added uh, Firehouse. I'm not really complaining. I really wanted to hear Firehouse. I love this whole siren thing. I'm a siren guy. I don't know yep. why. But, you know, am I going to – was there any – it's not like I, I missed them when they played Mr. Speed. I didn't miss them when they played, um, you know, It's All Right off of Paul's album. I, I'm quarreling if I'm coming up with something. I know where you're going to go with this. Like, I didn't go to the tour where they saw – they played I Stole Your Love. I didn't go to that, so I didn't. I'm not seeing much for me. So for me, I'm I'm pretty. I wouldn't say content because I always want to hear more, but I can't really argue with what I just heard. Okay, this last tour, end of the road. Okay, you. Well, I've talked about it a bazillion times. The best set list I ever saw was the very first time I saw them in 1990 on the Hot in the Shade tour. Other than yeah. the, I'll I'll throw out a couple of things that they threw in. Other than the standards. Um, they opened up with I Stole Your Love, which is almost unheard of for a new album to open up with a with a makeup song. So they opened with I Stole Your Love. Um, so real quick, if, if I can read this. So I Stole Your Love, Deuce, Heavens on Fire, Crazy Nights, Black Diamond, Shout It Out Loud, Strutter, Calling Dr. Love, I Was Made for Loving You, Rise to It, Fits Like a Glove, <laughs> Hide Your Heart. Lick It Up, God of Thunder, Forever, Cold Gin, Tears of Fallen, I Love It Loud, Detroit Rock City, I Want You, Rock and Roll All Night. All right, so let's go pick out the songs that were not on this tour. Uh, I Stole Your Love. Big one. Go ahead. What else? Crazy Nights. Yeah. Strutter. Eh, some people would like a big change for that. Go ahead. What else? Rise to It. Nope. Well, you got to remember, this is the hot in the shade. I know. I know. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Fits like a glove. Kind of unique, but in a fun way. Hide your heart. They took it out. Yeah, I've heard it. Lick it up. Oh, wait. Uh, Forever. Yeah. Tears are falling. Yeah, it's not a live kind of a song. I want you. No, that that leads to, like, unforeseen (laughs) consequences when that song gets played. I think my point in this is that I like the variety of error. Like, okay, this set list... Obviously fits like a glove. Obviously fits like a glove. That's that's that is a that's a curveball. Nobody would have ever seen. But it used to be in their set list all the way through. I think to Asylum they were playing it. But I just read that set list to you. Okay, that could have been the set list they played on this tour. They could have played Tears of Fall. That Tears of Fall was a hit. Okay, great. But they're not playing like there was no era that they were playing um, Thrills in the Night. Uh, not Thrills in the Night. Turn on the night. Um, not for the innocent. Um, I, I, I don't know, like danger from creatures. Like, has it ever been a tour where they've done like that's an obs- not obscure song, a song they don't play from this album. Here's a song that they don't play from this album. It's either they play some songs and then one album will have some obscure stuff, not obscure, but songs that they don't normally play. If they no. never just no, okay, but what let's up? Play a song that's really liked off of Lick It Up. Let's play a song that's really liked off Creatures of the Night that we don't normally play. Right, but, you, but my point is on this set, other than Fits Like a Glove, which is a deep cut off of Lick It Up, mm-hmm. that's the, the, this whole set list here, this could have been the end of the road set list. You mm-hmm. had a, you had a, these are all hits. 
I mean, I mean, you know, take out Rise to It and Hide Your Heart. They played that because it was a Hot in the Shade tour. Yeah. But, you know, they played I Stole Your Love. They played Crazy Nights. They played Strutter. They played Forever. They played Tears Are Fallen. Like those are those are. You think people want to hear Tears Are Falling over Do You Love Me? Yes. I don't. I, don't, I don't. I love Do You Love Me. I I, I want. It's I, interesting if you threw a poll up and say, Would you rather hear Do You Love Me or Tears Are Falling? Yeah. It's I, interesting if you say, um, Give me another song that's similar to that. I Stole Your Love should be in every effing Kiss set list, in my opinion. That that should never be out of a Kiss set list. That's my opinion. But. Yeah, I mean, look, what else can we say? Uh, um, would you rather hear? Uh, I, mean, I know where you're going to go. I'd rather hear Tears Are Falling than Say Yeah. I mean, yeah. Say Yeah is an obscure song. They wanted that song in that set list because they wanted something that Tommy and Eric played to honor them. And that, that, that's fine. Yeah, um, I get anything. Put any of those songs in and take the fucking Cycle Circus out. Oh, we agree with that. Now, another good set list that, that we both saw was the um, the Rock the Nation tour. Okay? That was, a, that was a pretty good set list. I mean, they opened up with Love Gun. Okay? Yeah. They played, they played Deuce, Making Love, Lick It Up, Christine 16, Got to Choose, War Machine, I Want You, Psycho Circus, I Love It Loud, 100,000 Years, Shout It Out Loud, I Was Made for Loving You, Detroit Rock City, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, Rock and Roll All Night. I mean, that's a varied set list. There's some stinkers in there for sure, but that's going to, you know. Take God uh, gave rock and roll. Right. Take God to choose out. Um, take Cycle Circus out. Yeah. That, you know, to each their own. Yeah, you never, you never, you never, you no, never. But gonna... the problem with Kiss is, let's be honest, you're not getting options like, um, you know, songs that we talk about that a lot of the Kiss fans talk about, like, why don't you play Plasticaster live? Why don't you play um, Rocket Ride live? Why don't you play uh, right. um, All American Man? You know? Yeah. No, I know you're right. You're right. But it's a good question, and we thank we thank the listeners for those. Um, we love interaction. You know, we'll put out another reminder for questions, but we like to do two per episode because, as you can see, we go off on tangents and they end up taking a lot of time. Maybe down the road we'll do an episode of just questions. We'll do a a mailbag episode if we get enough. That would be great. Yeah, no, I'd love to do it sometime. Yep. So, guys, as we end uh, usually each one of these episodes, we always tell you how to find us. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podomatic. Um, rate and review us. We hope that you give us one of those five star child reviews so people can find us. Yep. Um, it's very helpful to us, helps us build an audience, brings us to the masses, the kiss masses. And uh, we really appreciate it. And we'd love to hear more from you guys. Um, you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And um, obviously we've got some, some, uh, some that are more um, active with us, but anybody that tweets to us, or write something to us on Facebook or something, all our fans and listeners know we interact with you. We're happy to give you a shout out. So feel free to interact with us. Ask us questions. Questions are always great. We love getting them. Um, email us thoughts and comments at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. So it's our name, no no hyphens, no spaces, shout it out loudcast 
at gmail.com. Uh, again, ask us questions. Give us one of those five star child reviews. Interact and um, please, Tom. Anything you want to add? No, nope, you covered all the bases on how to get in touch with us. And again, we appreciate it. We love the interaction and thank you everybody for paying attention. We love it. Yeah. So, Tom, uh, as we end our episodes, I usually like to ask you if you have any famous last words. I can put on any face. You all know me, but it's no disgrace. The king of night, he understands. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, you know what? I like to always rephrase these lyrics in a serious tone. So I want to speak to you and tell you, Tommy, I'm not your social security. I'm not your star opportunity. Oh, baby, you can have me absolutely once you give me true confessions. <laughs> That's all I'm asking for. Oh, God. With that, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yep. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.